Hey folks, thanks for checking out Missio Church in Manor, Iowa. You are listening to audio recorded at our Sunday morning service. If you'd like any more information on the gospel or would like to learn more about Missio Church, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Missio Mount Air. Well, good morning. Those of you who don't know, my name is Andrew Iannata. Um, and uh, my wife and I have the privilege to call Missio Church our home. We are covenant members here, and you will soon see our swarm of children disperse randomly throughout, as, although you may, may have seen that uh, before. If you, do, if you do have children who'd like to go to kids as well, that program will be happening as we do this. Um, this is a, 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 an awesome opportunity, and just from, on behalf of myself, Missio Church, like, no, we don't take any of you for granted. Um, I'm so thankful that you are here, so thankful that you are part of what, what God is doing in this place. Um, we're at this neat little part. We're in between a lot of things. So we have been, if you've been with us for a period of time, we've been working through a series in the book of Genesis. And we took kind of a break from that in order to do a series on, you'll never believe it, Christmas and the Advent season. And now we're, we're just about to go back into Genesis and take that time. Um, and we have this, this kind of in-between week. We're also in between years. Um, I'm not a big, like, New Year's resolution guy. I'm not a big, like, New Year's person, except I always forget um, what year I'm writing down until about, like, July, and I finally get it right. Uh, I do work in the healthcare industry, though, so, like, that's stressful, but but that's a different story for a different day. As we stand here, we have this opportunity to reflect. Um, and, and, And Darren talked about it a little bit, but one of the big core values we hold to here is truth. And when we say truth, this is what we mean. The truth of the Bible, of the gospel, and how it is presented to us. And one of the reasons, uh, one of the ways that we do that is we actually walk through Scripture really slowly. So we don't do a passing view. We're going to do a little bit more of a passing view through Scripture, but we're going to do it on a place that we did spend a long months. Um, so we've been working through the book of Genesis intentionally because the context of Scripture is important. And understanding what came before in the book what comes after, where we are in time and space, really means something. So we're going to take a little bit of a trip back through to a scripture that has been one I've grounded large parts of my heart into, and it's truly, truly, truly a joy to share. Um, It's from a pretty familiar part of the Bible, the Sermon on the Mount, not sure if you've heard of it. And we're going to just take a quick view through some of the context as a reminder. The Sermon on the Mount is Jesus preaching to these crowds. And this is the king preaching to the king's people how they should live. Um, and, And he really walks through a lot of places and holds to a higher standard than a lot of the modern Jewish law did in how you behave. Um, He first comes in and says that he is not there to abolish the law. He says in Matthew uh, 5.17, he says, Do not think I've come to abolish the law of the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, not an iota, not a dot, will pass the law until all is accomplished. We do know that he is this fulfillment. He is not here to say, we're going to do something different now. All that stuff, that's old. This is new. Do something new. He is fulfilling that which has always existed. And he opens up the truth of Scripture in a way that a lot of us don't really like to hear. Because he talks through, the law says don't murder. Okay? I say to you, and this is Matthew 5.22, but I, but I say anyone who's angry 
with his brother is liable to judgment. Now, I'm Italian, so that is very, that is very condemning. Um, but that anger, that anger in your heart is the same murder that goes out in the world. This is, this is not just a, well, as long as you don't kill anybody, you'll be fine. This is the king speaking to the king's people on how they behave. And he speaks to adultery. He says, listen, adultery, yeah, don't do that. But beyond that, if you look, and this is Matthew 5, 28, but I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. This is speaking to something different. This is not just how we behave in space, in time. This is where our hearts are aligned. Again, he constrains divorce. He speaks to making oaths. You don't get to make an oath on heavens or on the earth or on your own head. Make your hair white. Make your hair black. You don't have the power. This is the king speaking to his people. He even restricts the rights to resist evildoers. You know, and and, and um, th- verse 38, you know, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. No. You're not going to resist the one who does evil. If somebody sues you for your cloak, for your tunic, let them have your cloak also. Makes you walk a while, walk a second. This is different than just a list of do's and don'ts. This is a whole heart change in how you approach the world. Now, in each of these, he's taking the laws, the customs, the, 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 the law and the prophets, and he's showing what fulfillment of them looks like. And if you are like me, that shows you what we need. That, that shows the need for someone to fulfill and to bring these. But we're turning to a place in the scripture where if you are the king's people, if you find your hope fully and securely in Jesus, there's great, great encouragement. And this is an area that, um, that I, I don't like resolutions, but this is an area of resolve. This is an area of like not a New Year's resolution, not something that we resolve to do this year, but something upon which I plant the flag of my life. Not perfectly, don't ask anyone. But my prayer is that you would too. Because in these things, fear is no more. All must be well. So we're going to open up today, and we're going to open up, and it's going to be chapter 6. We're going to start in verse 19. If you would read with me. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole, then you will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. I'm going to take just a pause here for just a moment. The first command to those listening and and, and to us now is to choose where we store our treasure. Because where you put that treasure, that is your home. 
Where home is where the heart is, right? That, 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 that is a phrase with, with big meaning here. He's been breaking down the actions and how you work in the world and saying it's not enough just not to kill people. It's not enough just not to cheat on your spouse. It is more. Your heart must be pure. He even says you must be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. He's speaking to a different condition. And this condition starts on where do you store your treasure? Those who seek to lay up treasure here, no matter how impressive, no matter how big, no matter how great, no matter how grand, even the great Egyptian pharaohs who had more money than the entire rest of the world combined, the Jeff Bezoses, all of that is just a few sleeps away from dust and ruin. And any of you, I, I love history. It's a super, I love going back. Anyone who's seen history knows that most people, we've forgotten. You're only a few sleeps away from dust and ruin. And the word here, money, it's actually this word mammon. I don't know if you've, we, we talked about, I think we did this when we went through this originally. Mammon is more than just like actual cash. It's, it's stuff. It's things. Um, and, and really, the, the things of this world are so very loud. And if these are your treasures, and they can be good things. They can be great things. But if these are your treasures and they lay them up here, you are laying them in a place where moth and rust will destroy, where thieves will break in. You know, I think of, of even the gift of my children. They are good gifts. They are gifts with which I find great joy. But where I lay that treasure every night, when I sit with them and I pray with them, is God protect them. Protect them and make them yours forever. Because they're only my children here. What a sad treasure that would be. When I think of laying up treasures, I, I think of, and bear with me on this, I don't know if anyone likes Tolkien. Um, and, and, and his dragon imagery that he uses. And some of this is because we're reading The Hobbit a little bit. But the dragon Smaug in The Hobbit, big scary dragon thing, breathes the fire, does the terror. What he does is he steals, pillages, and lays up his treasure in a giant mountain. That's his home. He takes it from, well, never mind. We won't go there. But where you lay up your treasure says a lot about the treasure you hold. You see, if Smaug valued things like living things, or grass, or plants, or livestock, well, you can't really lay those up in the deep underbelly of a mountain. There are certain treasures you simply cannot possess based upon where you hold them. If we hold to the treasures that this world has to offer, we lose out on the eternal treasure. And this is not an eternal treasure that we have to magic our way around. This is not an eternal treasure that we have to do something super special to earn. This is an eternal treasure secured for us by the same king who is telling us how to live and where to store that treasure. He has already won that treasure for us. So if you seek out eternal treasure, and seek to lay up all that you have there, you have a security. But if you are to store it here, 
if here is your hope, it will fail. It will fail. And it may not be today. And it may not be tomorrow. And it may not be for 30 years. But it will fail. We are in a culture that likes to think we can have it both ways, though. Like, listen, what I'm going to do, I got this big plan. I'm going to do a lot of treasuring here. But then, like, uh, right before I die, I'll be like, yeah, can we transfer this? Can we put this in the old, the old afterlife Roth IRA? But Jesus is super clear on this front. And anyone who has tried to hold conflicting interests can tell you. It's football season, right? Anyone who's got two football teams knows eventually they're going to play each other. You're going to have to pick. How much more so with the, the war between that which is eternal and that which is temporal, that which is, which is material, that which is here. You see, you can serve money. It can get you really far. But I don't know. And I've been feeling this a lot this year. Um, you get old. Your body falls apart. Everything you've built will be dust. And that's okay if that's not your treasure. If that is your treasure, this is a terrifying message. Like, hear, hear that. Like, guess what? You can do perfect. You can do this life as perfect as a human can do it. And it will all go away. But that is not what we are called to. So the first call is for those who haven't made that choice. Like this is the first real call that I want this to, to come to you today. If you have not checked on your own heart and said, where is my treasure? Where do I store my life? Where do I keep myself? Where do I call home? Would you call on this king? And would you do that today? Because there is an urgency with this. You know, your treasure can go like that. The world can be wiped away like that. We've seen it. We've watched it. We've seen tragedy. We've seen horror. We've seen the sin of this world. And we are subject to it. But there is a great and good news. And the best news of that treasure is not that you have to do something special to earn it. You just need to trust the king. If you have accepted Jesus as your savior and you have hung your eternity on him, then there is another call. And this is the call that I'm a planner. I like to have everything planned for. This is the call that calms that part of my brain and reminds me and grounds me in the great good news of my eternity being sure and that, that, that permanence being locked in. So this is, this is going to be Matthew 25 or 625. And it starts with this awesome transition word, therefore. Therefore, if you have laid up your treasures in heaven, if you have, have sold yourself out to an eternal promise and have rejected the promises of this world that are failing, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life 
more than food, and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive, tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O oh, you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious for tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. If we know the promises of God are sure, and if we know that God, through Christ, has given us a king who has locked these promises in heaven for us, and if we have committed our eternal treasure to that. Then we know our eternity is sure, but also that our eternity has already begun. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm from an, uh, an era of, of thinking of, we have this life, a pause, and the afterlife. And it really wasn't until a little later in my adulthood that, 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 I'm, that I'm comfortable telling everybody, um, that I actually understood the concept of what it means to be born again, to enter a new life. When we live in Jesus, we are born into that life and that life starts. It's not something that's, that we're waiting for, although we are longing for the full consummation of that. Our life in Christ has, become, has begun. So, Throughout this sermon that Jesus has been preaching, he's talking all of the calls on their life, and it's not a rote obedience. It is not just do the thing, do the thing, do the thing. It's not me chasing all my children, brush your teeth, brush your teeth, brush your teeth, brush your teeth. It is a call to the heart to commit to something bigger, broader, and grander. This, this, and in all of that, the king says, Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. I, I, I don't like being encouraged. I'm really bad at it. Um, because I think a lot of encouragement that we have today is super false. Where it, it'll be okay. These storms will make you stronger. Don't give up. You can do it. Hanging in there. And I struggle with a lot of that because I don't find that very encouraging. It's like, okay, good. It'll be stronger. It doesn't feel great now, though. You know, the, 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 when, when the rains and then the beautiful rainbow. But sometimes it doesn't. And when it doesn't, what encouragement do you have for me? Because sometimes the storms don't stop. 
Sometimes the pain doesn't go away. And sometimes the other side of this struggle is another struggle. I know, super encouraging for right before the end of the year. Good grief. But what I have for you, as somebody who's really bad at being encouraged, is the only encouragement I've ever heard upon which my life feels so sure. Because this is something that cannot, does not, and will not go away. I had um, a good friend of, of, of mine back in uh, Syracuse, actually he's the best fellow on LinkedIn, Paul Daly. He, he once said to me, sometimes you just have to live into the suck. And I remember that being the most encouraging thing I'd heard in a, like, a really long time. Like, that's great. Because when we understand the truth of the world around us, when we understand the call of the gospel, and when we understand where our future hope lies. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to have trouble here. Yeah, we're going to have joy here. We have great days. We're going to have hard days. In all of them, there is a, a line that my, my wife and I, um, when she went back to school, we kind of took this passage and, and it became uh, a, a constant call both to myself and to each other. It's just, my circumstances do not affect my reality. And I remember, yeah, I don't know how you're doing it, man. This is really hard. It's like, yeah, my circumstances don't affect my reality. But also, wow, everything's going so great for you. Everything's, yeah, yeah. My circumstances don't affect my reality. And as somebody who is prone, and now I'm seeing this in my children, to wide swings of doom and perfect, someone who in my heart can be swayed to believe that all is lost, this is something that I need always. And this is something that, again, is a joy to talk through because it is what grounds me. My circumstances do not affect my reality. My reality is that I don't, I, I failed every test that's been put in front of me as, as, as a, a perfect liver out of, you know, not being angry, you know, not making oaths, not lying not cheating, not failing, not being perfect, like my heavenly father is perfect. My reality is that I don't have a leg to stand on when presented in front of God. My reality is that I am not depending on my good work or my perfect figuring it out or my, my logical assent to what's written here. My reality is that I'm wholly dependent on Christ, on the King on the one who came and did this work and did it perfectly and paid the penalty of my failure to give me an opportunity back to him. My reality is that in light of this great grace and mercy, I am being made new. And you'll never see the perfect version of me this side of eternity. But in light of this, uh, the old things that I used to store up, the old need to control everything, the old need to try and micromanage all the people in my life and how they think about me, feel about me, worry about me. All of that is being called out for what it is. And instead, there is a new treasure held in heaven. The most wonderful thing about this reality is it's not some far-off hope. It's not something that I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to one day feel. That, that it's just like, I know it here, but it's not really real to me. It is something that is a true hope 
that I hang my whole life on now. This isn't trite encouragement. This isn't, you know, the old slap on the shoulder. This isn't something that, that, you know, just don't worry. This is a command. This is a command. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry. This is the king speaking to his people and how they behave. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. Because as 1 Peter uh, chapter 1, verse 4 says, you know, we have an inheritance that is impenetrable or imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. This isn't something small. This isn't a little encouragement. And it isn't even just an encouragement. As we wrap 2023 and we go into 2024, I pray a resolution for you that is not a New Year's resolution. That is a true new life resolution. If you follow Jesus, if you call him your Lord and Savior, my prayer for you is that you would not be anxious about your life. Not because things won't be stressful. Not because things won't be hard. Not because sometimes things will be perfect. You think, I've got it all figured out. But because the God in heaven has ordained your eternity. If you have yet to call on Jesus, if you have yet to accept him as the king, as the author of your salvation, of the one who's done the work you'll never be able to get right, the one who's paid the penalty for every wrong, every sin, every falling short that you have, would you? It would be a joy of mine, and I will speak for the other, the, the other folks here to pray with that through with you. Because there is no hope that will survive this place but that. This isn't a promise that all will be well. This isn't a promise that once this happens, you're never going to worry. And every, it's like all of a sudden it's smooth sailing. As a matter of fact, as we go through Matthew, like Jesus is pretty clear um, that there will be hardship. And there will be joy. It's not also just like a promise that once you do this, every single thing will be bad and it will always just be hard forever. There will be times you're like, see, I do have this figured out. My circumstances do not affect my reality. This isn't a... Pro you know, Matthew 10, there are a couple just spots. Uh, Matthew 10, verses 17 through 20. Beware of men that deliver you over to courts and flog you in their synagogues and will have you dragged before their governors and kings for my sake to bear witness to them and the Gentiles. When they deliver you over, here's this phrase again, ready? When, the, when they deliver you over, so knowing what that means, when they deliver you over, do not be anxious how you are to speak or what you are to say. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your father speaking through you. And again, it comes up again in chapter 16. Kind of, and we're just looking at, 
We're just looking at Matthew right now. We can pick, we can pick a lot of different opportunities here. 16, verse 24. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever would save his life would lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in glory with his Father, and then he will pay each according to what he has done. Truly, I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. I'm really good at being anxious. And I'm really bad at being encouraged. So it is a joy to share the only thing that can, one, tamp down my ego when I think I'm getting it all right, and two, can encourage me when I just think there's no way out. And my prayer for us is actually one, one more section I want to share with you. And this, is, this, is, this has been a prayer that was shared with me that's been one that I've wrapped up in this. And it's actually out of Proverbs. So one last spot. We're going to go to Proverbs chapter 30. I can get there a lot faster when no one's looking at me. Can everyone just close their eyes real quick? Maybe. <laughs> So chapter 30, we're reading just, just verses 7 through 9. Two things I ask of you. Deny them not to me before I die. Remove far from me falsehood and lying. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is needful for me, lest I be full and deny you and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of God. Do not store your hope here. Do not count on this world to fulfill you. It never can, and you only have a few sleeps away from it all being dust. Store your life in the King. He's paid the price for you to do it. He's bore the penalty for all your failing. He gives that offering to you freely. And know that when you do that, when you have committed your eternity to him, it is sure. It is sure eternally. We're coming into a new year. My prayer more than that is you would come into a new right relationship with the God of heaven who knit you together in your mother's womb and knew you from before time was founded, before any might of dust was created. That has been made right and well through the precious body and blood of the only one who's come down here and gotten it right. Our King, Jesus would you wrap a resolution around him and around that? A resolution that won't be for a year and won't be for a lifetime, but will be for forever. Would you pray with me?